Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Have you seen the films Ready Player One, Avatar, or The Matrix? This is the construct. It's our loading program. Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Well, keep them in mind because today we're diving into the metaverse, specifically the Facebook metaverse what it is, what it's supposed to do, and why the social media giant is creating its own virtual universe. These are some of the questions I'll be getting the answers to today. You're very welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. This week, Facebook said it's to create 10,000 jobs across Ireland and Europe as it starts to build a new online virtual metaverse. And with reports in recent days that Facebook plans to rebrand itself with a new name, what does all of this mean for the social media giant? The term dates back at least to the 1990s, um, and it often gets talked about in the context of either virtual reality or 3D video games or social networking or Zoom calls. But is there enough trust in Facebook for it to successfully run a metaverse? Will ordinary people take to it in the same numbers as social media platforms today? The negative connotations that come with Facebook are so vast and are so they affect so many people in such a huge way that even a name change wouldn't necessarily help. Well, to discuss all of this, I'm joined by Bloomberg's technology editor, Nate Langston, and Dr. Owen O'Dell, Associate Professor of Law at Trinity College Dublin. Nate and Owen, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Nate, you've got the million dollar question. What is the metaverse? Well, I think the idea, hopefully, is that it's even more than a million dollars, certainly. Um, The idea behind the metaverse sort of stems back, I mean, the term dates back at least to the 1990s, um, and it often gets talked about in the context of either virtual reality or 3D video games or social networking or Zoom calls. And the interesting thing about the metaverse is that it is essentially all of those things and none of those things put together. The simplest way to think about that, because it is a complex issue, is imagining a world that is a bit like a video game that perhaps you experience in virtual reality, but you don't need to, and that the things you do within that virtual space can be exchanged or shared to other platforms, even competing platforms, similar to how today you might write an email on an iPad and email it to somebody using a Windows laptop who then sends it to 
uh, a printer that then gets printed out and it's something particularly valuable that then gets sold in its printed form. You know, maybe trade secrets, who knows? Um, all of those things are put together by competing companies, uh, but they all hold value uh, across that, that communication chain. And they are also interoperable with each other but a lot of them exist only virtually, except for the printed example. So the idea of the metaverse is that you would have something that can essentially mimic that in a virtual space um, across multiple platforms. I think the way Mark Zuckerberg described it was uh, a friend, instead of talking to you on a video call, would teleport in beside you as a hologram on your couch. That's not the way that I see it. Um, it's really more... Well, are you building a metaverse? I'm not building a metaverse, no, but 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 the metaverse is definitely going to be something that um, evolves over the next 10 or 20 years. It won't be something that any one company, certainly not Facebook, um, is is um, is creating as a, a proprietary system. It has to be interoperable by um, by um, by design. And I think the idea of holograms being projected onto a couch is probably highly, highly unlikely. Is this something totally new or have we seen any traces of this before? It's in many forms it's been around for for some time. Um there was a platform very very popular in the 2000s called Second Life. Um it's still going. Which, and it's and it's been you know, compared to being um, something of a metaverse in the sense that you have a 3D avatar, you can create a virtual um a facsimile of a building or an island or a live concert theater or all of those things and you can attend them and other people can attend them with you and that is a very good example of what the metaverse could look like but the idea would be that you could perhaps buy something at that live concert that you're seeing in second life and wear it say a t-shirt and wear it in something like Fortnite, or wear it on a 3d zoom call and then pass it to somebody on that call who could then take it into something else as well that's sort of the idea would there be as many flying penises in the metaverse as in second life a hundred percent. If you build something, somebody will make penises in it. It's Fantastic. A, an absolute expectation. Well, yeah. that's really good to know. Um, do you think that this is actually going to be the next big thing? Um, I think it I think it will be, but whether it is called the metaverse in future is I don't know whether the term will be the next big thing, but certainly the way that things are going, it, it reminds me a lot of how the web evolved in the 80s and 90s from being basic text on a page to today completely unrecognizable because we are doing live HD video podcasting and we're you know we're exchanging bitcoin and we're doing seminars and everything else that we do on the web um that is just so far from what it was when it was created and that is very likely to be what the metaverse is in 30 years time but perhaps by a different name who knows but yes i think it will be big do we have any clues as to the other big tech companies who might be interested? For example, it's been long rumored that Apple will come out with a pair of augmented reality glasses at some point over the next two or three years. Might that have a role? I think so. I think all of these things potentially have a role because the idea behind um, the metaverse um, as it is today is that you you should be able to interact with it in whatever way a company allows it to be interacted with. So 
you know, we used to buy devices that would say, oh, it, you know, it's internet ready, um, or we, we buy products that say, you know, you can browse the web on this device, and it just becomes a selling point. And I think the similar will be true that you'll, it, it'll be metaverse compatible in some way, or um, I, I think marketing will come into it in, in that form. And so absolutely, I think anything Apple does could potentially be compatible. Owen Odell, let me bring you in here. Nate has uh, articulated um, how it, this will be an effort by several companies if it's going to work in the long term on a user universal scale. From your point of view, do you think that we as a society trust Facebook to run a virtual universe itself? I'm not sure that we trust Facebook to run Facebook right now, whether we then trust Facebook to uh, uh, have all of the extra data, the step change, the uh, not just the incremental, but the exponential addition of data that Nate is describing. Even though uh, he says to make it work, there has to be interoperability. Um, and that that's pretty much the way the internet currently works. There's a lot of interoperability right at the level of the plumbing, but there's a great deal of concentration at the level of the services that most people access. And that's Facebook's endgame, even though there will be interoperability. In the end, what they want to do is to increase the amount of data. Um, and, you know, they, they do this in all sorts of ways. They they buy up competitor companies so as to increase their, uh, their uh, suite of offerings. And what they want to do now is integrate that suite and expand it. And by doing so, that raises to trust questions that regulators can address. Um, one is a competition question. If it becomes so big that it is uh, a monopoly uh, across a whole range of areas, that's not a good thing. Um, and then secondly, if it's got so much data about us across a whole range of areas, that's also not a good thing. And we can address that by looking at competition rules and we can address that by looking at data protection rules. One of the issues that you'll be very familiar with is Facebook's interactions with the Data Protection Commissioner here, well over a dozen investigations into that company, including Instagram and WhatsApp by the regulator here. I do find myself wondering what the privacy implications or what future investigations might look like in a Facebook metaverse context. You know, is it that Facebook is looking for uh, visual clues about how you might move in the metaverse, about what you scan in, how might it use um, that data? What are the difficulties that you might see um, coming up for Facebook and the Data Protection Commissioner here in that regard? Well, if you look at Facebook's um, track record vis-a-vis -vis regulation in general, not just the Data Protection Commissioner in Dublin, um, Facebook seems to take regulation and regulatory fines even of an astronomical nature as simply the cost of doing business. It has paid a five billion euro, sorry, a five billion billion dollar fine in the US. Uh, in respect of its processing of children's data, and it just shrugged it off. There was a fine this morning um, in the UK from, from their competition regulator of £50 million, uh, pounds, and it's going to shrug it off. So at the moment, it's face Facebook's engagement with the regulators. Um, Facebook just sees that as the cost of doing business. Um, and it will simply be on the data protection side uh, a while before we see fines of that magnitude. We're getting there. The first fines were in the 50 million range. Uh, in the summer, uh, Amazon were on the receiving end of an 850 million euro fine uh, in, in Luxembourg. The Irish Data Protection Commissioner 
is now talking about fines in the 200 million range. Um, and this is after uh, two and a half years of the um, data the general data protection regulation giving those those fines, uh, whereas competition rules are far more mature. Um, so I think we will see very big mega fines versus big data companies sooner rather than later. Um, and I'm not sure that the criticisms of uh, some of the critics directed against the data protection commissioner that just because it's got it had ten years ago a small office in Port Arlington means it can't actually do its job. Um, the government recently increased its funding to slightly over 22 million euros a year. Um, it will never be enough, but that's not bad. Um, and it is uh, engaging with uh, and finding where there are infringements. So um, it could do it could do better. It always could. It could be better resourced. It always could. Um, but in the current state of the maturity of the GDPR. Uh, I think it's doing about as well as it could. Um, and that means that Facebook are, are going to get a free pass um, for a little while longer. But there will be international coordinated regulatory engagement with Facebook in the same way as in the um, the 90s, Microsoft uh, was was a target for antitrust, both in the US and in, and in the EU. Um, and significant aspects of Microsoft bundling um, was was prevented as a consequence. Um, and so as the as the metaverse matures, uh, competition and data protection regulation on both sides of the Atlantic will mature vis-a-vis -vis Facebook as well. Do you think that's why Facebook announced its 10,000 jobs in building the metaverse here in the European Union, Ireland and across the European Union, because the EU is perceived to be the world's data protection policeman and maybe Facebook thinks it can get ahead of the issue if it builds the metaverse here? That's a good question. I think that um, one thing they're going to have to be careful of, having announced it now as something that they're just beginning to work on and intend to have as their flagship as they go forward, is that the GDPR, which I've already mentioned, has a principle called privacy by design and privacy by default, where you have to build in privacy at the start in any big data project. And uh, all of the current Facebook um, uh, offerings predate the GDPR and were built first by engineers for engineers and had privacy retrofitted. Now they're going to have to um, acknowledge privacy by design and by default as a principle in the in the building of the metaverse. Um, and that might make it, um, as you say, a marketing thing, um, but it will also mean that uh, they will be compliant with an important GDPR principle. So I think they're, they have an eye on that. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw specialist privacy lawyers and engineers as part of those 10,000 jobs. You never know, Owen, maybe you'll be called in on that uh, as well. Um, Nate, if I could go to you, do you think that Facebook, the US reports from The Verge that Facebook may rebrand itself or may choose a different company name, does that have anything to do with its current interest in launching and building out the metaverse? In, in a way, I think it does. I think more broadly, it's to do with the fact that Facebook has many um, products and services and goals that are not necessarily directly connected to its what it calls its, its blue app. You think about Oculus, you know, that is a virtual reality headset. You look at something like Portal, which is a 
a physical uh, device you plug in on your desk for video calling. Admittedly, that both of those have social components to them, but they but they are things you go out and you buy. Whereas Facebook is 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 a free bit of software. So I, what it reminds me of a great deal, and I'm sure this will be compared uh, to in a similar way for for many weeks to come, if this rumor turns out to be true, um, is the Google and Alphabet rebranding um, several years ago. You know, Google was Google um, and it had search and it had shopping and it had ads and it had, you know, Google, it had Gmail and all these things. And Google said, well, you know what? We're doing all these research projects and we want to put balloons into orbit and we want to do all these crazy ideas that aren't central to, um, to Google search and to ads. So they created Alphabet as a parent company and they put Google underneath that and they put and certain things stayed under Google and then certain other things were completely separate, but they were part of Alphabet. Um, things like DeepMind, for example, which it, it acquired the machine learning company. So I think what we will see if this is true is something similar to that, where you will have the name whatever it would there's been many names floated around. One is is Horizon, one is Meta. There are lots of choices out there. Zuckerverse. And, Zuckerverse would be uh, 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 yes. Uh, I hope not for, for 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 the company's sake, but certainly it could be. And the idea is that Facebook, the app uh, and product, will be one company underneath that. Instagram is another. WhatsApp is another. You know, Facebook changed its name once many years ago because it used to be called the Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, you know, um, Snap with Snapchat again. Once it started branching out with its Spectacles product, it, it made the parent company Snap, and that's what it went public with. And Snapchat is a product underneath that. So it's a pretty tried and tested way of uh, of organizing yourself. However, if it also has the benefit of slightly shifting itself away from the privacy concerns of one product mm. and its ambitions towards another, that may be a deliberate side effect. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I was getting at because. The example you use there of Snap and, and Snap Glasses, it does occur to me that Facebook only a few weeks ago launched Ray-Ban Stories, their smart glasses with a video camera and speakers and a microphone on them. And to my mind, that product was kind of sunk at launch because everybody referred to them as the Facebook glasses. And it was imbued with this negative branding baggage that the Blue app has. You mentioned the portal device. I think maybe that device, which is pretty good and works pretty well, suffers from the same problem. While Oculus doesn't really suffer that for that problem because it was a pre-existing product that Facebook bought. So maybe Facebook wants to change its name so that if Zuckerberg really does believe that it's his proposed metaverse is going to be a big deal, this is the best chance to divorce it from that negative baggage that the Blue App has. I think you're right. That's certainly possible. And it, and it would be a smart move on his part to do that. I, I do worry that, I mean, I say worry, it, it doesn't matter to me either way, but I, but I, I can imagine if I was Zuckerberg that I would worry um, that basically the negative connotations that come with Facebook are so vast and are so, uh, they affect so many people in such a huge way that even a name change wouldn't necessarily help. You, you've seen this. I mean, you mentioned Oculus, which is a good example. You know, originally you didn't need a Facebook account in order to use an Oculus. Now you do. And some people are like, well, I don't want to create a Facebook account. I just want to use Oculus. Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, they tend to have this almost unique ability to seep into everything that it does, good and bad. Um, well, he and I imagine most of the, he, he's the controlling shareholder. Yes. And I think that that would be the case here. But a new name may help.
Certainly. I, I just have to ask you on a small tangent on that issue. Do you think, and I'm talking to journalist to journalist here, that there is any reality distortion field that we have in relation to the perception around Facebook and its products um, by the great mass of ordinary people who use them and we in the media? It does appear to me that we have a slightly more negative view, maybe for other reasons than an awful lot of people out there who use the products and that maybe we convince ourselves that there's a disastrously toxic reputation around Facebook, whereas maybe it's only mildly negative. I think you're right. I think that is a big factor. And I think um, I would refer to Owen's um, comments about being able to shrug off fines. You know, when you're so big, you know, that is no money. Like that is literally seconds of work for part of Facebook to pay off. Um, but I would look at something like Cambridge Analytica, the scandal that happened, which I, I was covering at the time as well. Um, that was arguably one of the biggest scandals to hit a giant tech company um, in terms of of, of how, disastrously, uh, how disastrous it was for investors, for the company, for perception, for privacy. You know, all of this stuff was just unavoidably huge and terrible and awful. And if you look at the company's user base, its share price, its ambitions, all up, all higher than they were even before Cambridge Analytica. So, so it, how do we measure a negative result then? Well, it's almost like there aren't other any than us all results. writing that it's it's a terrible company and that that he's a terrible guy. I mean, how do we, given the metrics that you've just pointed out, I wonder. It's what I'm getting at is is whether there's a disconnect between our perception of this and what most people out there think i think i think there is a disconnect most people don't care mm. um this is this is this is true most people don't care they keep using it they might like to not keep using it but i think it's often the same with um with other addictions in life not saying everyone who uses social media is addicted although many of them very much are um it's sometimes like well yes i could care about that but all my friends are there and historically when we've seen mass migrations from one platform to another say friendster to myspace myspace to facebook and and many others um the companies being migrated away from didn't have the resource to stop that maybe by buying them or doing something different or copying it wholesale facebook does have that power and has shown that it will use it mm. so whether or not it's even possible who knows yeah owen which is why facebook has bought some of the uh you know the, uh, some of the potential competitors that that it has bought um but i would say that there are demographics that are moving away from facebook that facebook is very scared about the um uh the teen demographic is something that it is losing um, and it's worried about losing it. You know, Facebook doesn't, it's it's great for advertisers that there are lots of Ulsters on the platform, but it's not so great for Facebook's image that it's only just Ulsters. Well, what's so cringier, if you're 18, what's cringier than going on and seeing your parents or your aunts and uncles share the latest COVID disinformation info, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, which is why, which is one of the many reasons why um, you know, teenagers aren't there in the numbers that they used to be. Uh, but one of the reasons why Facebook is increasing this uh, metaverse advertising is because it's trying to, to return to the coolness factor. Um, I also want to, to go back briefly uh, to, to Nate's comment about um, Cambridge Analytica and just tie it back into my, my point earlier about enforcement. Um, this morning, the New York Attorney General announced that he was joining uh, Zuckerberg 
as an individual defendant in their effective prosecution of Facebook for uh, a lot of the Cambridge Analytica breaches. And that is one of the, 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 the most serious ways in which regulators can have an impact on regulated companies, not just by finding the company, but by making the directors personally liable. That concentrates minds. Um, and that uh, uh, is not yet a feature of European enforcement, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was coming down the line. Okay, look, finally, can I ask um, each of you whether you think the metaverse is inevitable and, and what kind of time frame do you think we're talking about, Nate? I think it is. Um, I don't know whether we will call it the metaverse, uh, but I do think it is inevitable. And I don't think that what I certainly see as metaverse in my mind's eye today will be something that we are actively all participating in anything sooner than about 20 years. And the other thing that I would beg people to think about when talking about this, particularly if working in this space, is it will get compared to the early days of the web in terms of like it is the best analog we have in terms of interoperability and the sheer potential of it. But the web and the internet specifically came out of a lab. It was used by universities. It was created for information sharing. It was not created as a commercial tool or indeed pretty much anything that it's used for today. And we should keep in mind that a metaverse that's being created by commercial entities with commercial interests are going to be held back from implementing interoperability in the way that a metaverse needs to have in a way that the web uh, wasn't held back from. So um, yes, it will happen if companies will ruin it by being commercially minded. That is possible, but 20 years minimum. Do you, just base, do you like the idea of it? Would you look forward to it? Um, Yes, I do. And if I can just give one tiny little tangential example that might illustrate why I think it's a good idea. Um, if you were to play a game, a video game that is free to play, as you know, the majority of games on, on iOS and Android are, and you, you may want to spend 20, 30 pounds as an in-app payment to buy, say, a new outfit or a new car or something in that game, you may be held back by thinking, well, what's the point? It's tied into that game. What if that game was a part of a metaverse where you could say, yes, you go to that app and you buy that product, but you can, but if the game shuts down, it doesn't matter because you can move that car or that skin or that um, outfit or something um, to another game or another platform, as is the case with NFTs and art. You can buy it and display it, whatever you want. I think that is the way that it needs to be. And if that is the way it becomes, I will be extremely excited about it. I think it'd be a great thing. Okay. Uh, Owen, inevitability questions aside, would you personally look forward to using a metaverse? And if so, what for? Uh, well, uh, the the convenience of integration and interoperability, um, you know, when you're sitting in front of something and it's just not working is always uh, is always welcome. I mean, I, I, I agree that the uh, the sci fi version uh, is 20 years off, but I also think that Gibson had it right that the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. A lot of the things that we are thinking and talking about are already there. They just need to be connected. The problem is that interconnection gives so much data to Facebook or whoever becomes one of the backbones. That is terribly scary. So um, uh, I, I look forward to the uh, to the convenience, but I'm wondering whether that's too high a price to pay. Okay. Well, listen. That's all we have time for. Uh, for my sincere thanks both to Bloomberg's technology editor Nate Langston and Dr. Owen Odell, Associate Professor of Law 
at Trinity College Dublin. I think uh, the two of you um, really know more about this than uh, than a lot of people and will have educated people on it. So from me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent, that's all I have time for this week as well. And I'll talk to you at the same time next week. Bye-bye.